Today I would like to speak to you about um, about a subject the Lord placed on my heart but that I know without a doubt it, it doesn't just have the power to change your life but it gives you a whole comprehensive 360 turnaround. God did not intend for salvation to be complicated. We complicate salvation. If you study the scriptures, we have made prayer something different. Much more different compared to what God planned and purposed it to be. Take an example. Just take an example. Matthew 7, 7. Just, I'd like you to project it, please. If you have it on your Bible, Matthew 7, 7. We'll just take a small example. Matthew 7, 7. I'll give an, just a, a clear example. What does it say? That these are the words of Jesus. It says, ask. And what does it say? It says, ask. Is it, is it somewhere in your Bible? Do we all have it? What does it say? And then what? It's a, it's a small sentence. Little instruction. He says, you ask. And when Jesus was preaching this gospel, he wasn't giving a lot of emphasis. He Actually, he just said it as easily as it, as it sounded. He said, ask. And then he says, what will happen? He says, ask. And you'll what? He says, it shall be given to you. He doesn't put anything beyond you asking. He just says, ask. And it will be given. And then the next one, he says, seek. And he says, you'll find. In other words, after every instruction, he tells you what will happen. He says, you ask. And then it will be given to you. He says, you seek. And you'll do it. And he says, you'll find. And then he says, knock. And the door will be what? It will be opened for you. But do you have any idea how we've made that into a mountain? He says, ask. But it's become a mountain. He said, ask. He doesn't say, add anything. He says, just ask. He said, you ask. It's an, an instruction. He said, ask. And what will happen? Tests will be given. That means your responsibility is to do the asking. Our responsibility is not to worry about whether we be given or not. Your responsibility is to ask. But God wants you to have the mindset that says that if I ask, what will happen? It shall be given. That's, that, that's how God expects salvation to be. But this is the mountain. We've turned it into something else. And that's part of the reason why the Lord gave me today's message. 
and the Lord wants me to minister to you about the most difficult subject in a Christian's life and yet the easiest John chapter 14 verse 15 please This is where salvation gets complicated. John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So do you love Jesus? Do you by any chance love the Lord? If you love the Lord well enough, then you should love him well enough to obey. Because according to the Lord, expression of love is obedience. That means if you cannot obey, you cannot say that you have loved. He said it. He said, if you love me, he says, if you love me, just, just keep my commands. If you love me, then keep the commandment that I give you. If you really love me, then obey. Keep the commandments that I give you. And that means you cannot tell the Lord that you love him until you obey. Because when God looks at your obedience, obedience is express love. Now, obedience is the most difficult component in a Christian's life. It is so easy to ask. Matthew 7, 7. It's so easy to ask. It's so easy to do everything else. But there's just one thing. One thing. That we cannot do. It is to obey. And, and here is the interesting thing. Is that until we have learned to obey. We have not loved Jesus. So today I want to just break down for you what does the Lord mean by obedience and what, and what disobedience can cost you. And remember that the Lord expects that if you love him, then you must be able to obey, obey every commandment given to you. So in the eyes of God, you cannot cry and lift up your hands to the Lord and say, I love Jesus. He is my Lord. I love him. And deep inside your heart, there is disobedience. You don't love him. The blessings are in the Bible. We will re I'll reveal them to you. But God has not guaranteed anywhere that any blessing is for claiming. I have heard people say that you can claim these blessings. I am yet to see a scripture that says claim the blessing. blessings come to you. Now the same way the blessing comes is the same way the curse comes. Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1 please. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. Let's just see how, how do the blessings come. So that you know that blessings are not something that you claim. Now Listen carefully. He says, Now it shall come to pass 
it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today. Now this is Moses starting. It says, if only you will obey the voice of the Lord your God and be careful to observe every commandment that I give you today. Then he adds, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations. The Lord will set you above all the nations. And what more will he do? And what will happen? He says, and all these blessings, all these blessings, what will, the, what will they do? The, all the blessings will come upon you and they shall overtake you because you obey. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. That means there's only one way for the blessings to come. If you will obey the voice of the Lord your God. If you will obey the voice of the Lord your God. These blessings are supposed to overtake you. Let me explain something. Is that blessings are spiritual. And because blessings are spiritual, blessings cannot operate in violation of the word of the Lord. If God has issued an instruction, the decree, and it says that blessings can only follow a person and overtake a person who obeys, then there is no way you can live in disobedience and expect the blessings to overtake you. It's impossible. Because blessings are not designed that way. Blessings are not designed to listen to you. Blessings are designed to obey the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord says that if those people, if they hearken to follow the voice of the Lord, and if they will obey the Lord, then these blessings will overtake. So the blessings have got ears. Now blessings know. And they're looking out for who is living in obedience according to the word that has come forth from the mouth of the Lord. Then those blessings will simply not just catch up with you. They will overtake you. But it's strictly for those who obey. And that's why Jesus said, well, if you really love me, then obey. He says, if you love me, obey. Now, do you have any idea how today destinies are destroyed simply because we are unwilling to obey the Lord? We love to pray. We love to declare fast. It's a good thing. Praying is one thing. Fasting is one thing. Obedience is another thing. And yet of all those things, only obedience will take you to the next level. There can be no spiritual growth outside of obedience. There can be no breakthrough outside of obedience. 
Your next miracle does not start until you have obeyed. Your healing cannot start until you have obeyed. Genesis chapter 12. We love the encounter of Abraham with God. But there is something that we forget in the story of Abraham. Genesis 12 verse 1. The Lord gives an instruction to Abraham. Now God finds Abraham in a comfortable position. God finds Abraham in a place of prestige. In the middle of his family. Surrounded by people that loved and cared for him. He had built a life for himself. Abraham was not young. When God called him, he was over 70 years old. But God shows up. And the Lord said to Abraham, he says, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. He says, get out. Get out of your country, and from your family, and from your father's house. And he says, to a land that I will show you. Now let me explain this to you very clearly so you understand that Abraham exercised the greatest demonstration of obedience ever. Now Abraham did not know the Lord. He never seen him. He never heard from him. The Bible does not indicate anywhere that Abraham knew the Lord except that he worshipped the stars. Now this is God Almighty speaking to him. It is not written whether it was a physical manifestation or it was a loud voice or it was a vision or it was a dream. All this is recorded is that the Lord said to Abraham and he said to him, get out of your country and out of your family and out of your father's house. Now these three areas are the areas where man is bound the most. Because every man is attached to his father's home. Every man is attached to his family. And every person is dedicated to his country or to his place of birth. And that has caused the downfall of many. And the Lord knew that if Abram stays in the place where he will be, he will be of no use to me. And God tested Abram. The first test that Abram ever had was the test of his faith. Will Abram leave? Will he be able to obey the Lord and leave his place, leave his father's house, the people that he has known for 70 years? Will he be able to leave this country? Will he leave his family, his relatives, the people that he has known all his life? And will he walk away? Will Abraham walk away from his close family, which is his father's household? Now the Lord tells him to leave and the Lord adds something else. He tells him to go to a land I will show you. God did not guarantee him that things were going to be good where he was going. God did not tell him that there's going to be roses where you're going. He didn't tell him you're going to a land flowing with milk and honey. That did not come from the mouth of the Lord. So it's easy to read the story of Abram in passing. But this was the greatest demonstration of obedience a man ever did. Tells him, go to a land that I will show you. In other words, you're leaving a place of stability. You're leaving a place of comfort. You're leaving a place of security. And you're going to a place where you don't even know. Because God said that, get up and go to a place that I will show you. 
Today, if any of us try to do what Abram did, your family is going to ask you, you want to leave your job to go to, what did God say? How are you going to eat? How are you going to survive? How will you pay your bills? How will you survive? Something is not right with you. You want to follow Jesus? You want to follow your call? Do you have any idea how many people have turned away from serving God, turned away from their destinies, turned away from the marriage that God has prepared for them because the person that they saw had nothing compared to the person that they want to see? Do you have any idea how many people have turned away from the call of God? The next Elijah could have been you. The next Moses could have been you. The next Abram could have been you. The next Esther could have been you. The next Ruth could have been you. The next David could have been you. But because of disobedience, we lose God's intended purpose. Because we are looking for security. We are looking for comfort. We are looking for guarantees. You will find no guarantees in God. It is a journey of obedience. You will find no guarantee to a life of rewards, a life of riches. You will find no guarantees. All God expects is that you take a step of faith and you obey and you walk into the land which is unknown. And he said to Abram that to a land that I will show you it didn't matter to Abraham if God was going to show him a thorny place. Without water, if it was a desert, it did not matter to Abraham. What mattered is that, what has God said? And if God says, I go, I go. If God says, I pack my bags now, I pack them and I go. Why? Because God knows my tomorrow. And he has the final say. And the Lord said to him, and you go to a land that I will show you. He didn't tell him, go to Egypt. He didn't say, go to the land of... He did not tell him anywhere else. He said, to a land that I will show you. And the next verse says, and the Lord even makes a promise to him that if only you will obey. He says, if only you will obey and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse them who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And the next verse is a demonstration of obedience. For the Bible says, So, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. He says, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. But there was one problem. He carried a man that God did not tell him to take along. In everything that Abram did, there was disobedience, in as much as there was obedience. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And who went with him? And Lot went with him. Now God did not ever say to him that you leave and come with Lot. 
God said, get out your father's house or to the family and leave your country and you go to a land that I will show you. He did not say to him that carry Lot. And out of sympathy, Abram decides to carry along one man that God did not say he should carry. And he almost cost Abram his life. Obedience. Now I want, I want to share with you. Now this is one case of obedience. A man who obeyed the Lord and left and went to the country that God said that he should go. I want to share with you just one, one expression of the exact opposite. Second Kings chapter 5, please. Now, this is a man called Naaman. And Naaman is leprous. Second Kings chapter 5. So Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him the Lord had given victory to the Syria. And he was also a mighty man of valor. But a leper. Now with all his greatness. With all of his greatness. There was one thing. He was a leper. With all his wisdom. With all his might. With all his power. He was one thing. A leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus says the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now. And I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive? That this man sent the man to me to heal him of his leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please, let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Now follow carefully. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Now listen to the instruction. Now this great man comes to the door. The prophet doesn't come out to see him. He tells him, Go to the river Jordan. Dip yourself seven times. And you shall be clean. For your entire skin will be restored. It was a simple instruction. Now the next verse. Shows you how we born again. 
respond and interpret the word of God. But Naaman became furious and went away saying, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal my leprosy. Now, he already had an idea of how the healing should happen. At the back of his mind, he knew if only that man of God can come out and touch me, wave his hand, call upon the name of his God, then I will be healed. But the instruction of the man of God was simple. He says, go now into the river Jordan and dip yourself in, not two times, not three times, not five, but seven times. And as soon as you're done, your skin will be made whole. And the man was so upset because he expected the healing to happen in a certain way. So I'd like to ask you a question. How many times have you expected that your miracle should come the way you expect it to come? So how many times have you been given a little instruction to follow? And you are so furious that the man of God should have come out and lay his hand and anoint me with oil and do something and, 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 and speak something. Naaman was furious. Naaman was absolutely furious. He said, how? I'm a general. How can he not come out? How can he not come out? He did not know that his healing was not in the prayer, but in obedience. And then he even adds, are not Abana and Papa the rivers of Damascus better than all the water of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? How many times have you gone to the Lord to pray? And you expected him to give you a job of 10 million shillings. And instead you're offered a job and it's only 300,000. And then you pull out all your degrees just like he did. How can they insult me? Of all people, with my master's degree, with my bachelor's, 12 years experience, and you look me in the eye and you give me a job of 300,000 shillings, what kind of insult is that? It cannot even pay my rent. And you walk away so upset and they say, will you take the job or not? And you say, how? I drove all the way. That's 300,000. That's my fuel in a week. And you offer me 300,000? With my degree, are you serious? Are you for real? 300,000? 300,000? Because in your previous job you were earning eight. Now you are saying 300,000 is pocket change. But you forget that two days ago you went to the Lord and you asked him for a job. And you forgot that the Bible says that ask and you shall receive. You forgot that your miracle you forgot that your miracle lies in the hands of God. 
you forgot your miracle and God is looking at you and God is testing your heart and God knows will he take that job will she forget the river Abana and all those rivers in Damascus and accept to bow down and take this little job and as you're there busy rejecting this job the Lord reminds you Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 and as you're busy shouting and screaming the Lord reminds you Zechariah 4 10 as you're complaining 